I don't know. I, I'm 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 partial to soccer because I'm passionate about it. I know when I was growing up, we didn't have strong, confident female role models. I followed my big brother around. He's two years older than me, and was whether it was playing street hockey, tackle football, you name it, I was always on his heels, dying to get in the game. Say you're going in the wrong direction because it was halftime and we switched our, our direction that. and I'd forgotten about that. And uh, <laughs> I was on this like dead, like, you know, breakaway. You can get five coaches in the same room and we all thought five different opinions on maybe how Kerry Taylor was as a player. <laughs> I was a great I was a great player. And then when I got off the field, she would say you did so great. I loved watching you play. No matter, I could have the worst game of my life. And it was the president of the soccer, Deaf Soccer Association asking if I'd be interested in the in the volunteer job that was the head, head coach of the Deaf team. And I actually was extremely excited. I'm Carrie Taylor, and this is Women Talking Football. And thank you for tuning in to Women Talking Football. Again, I'm your host, Carrie Taylor, and we are presented by Soccer Loco, and we are also affiliated, sorry, presented by Soccer Nation and affiliated with Soccer Loco and Techne Football and Kings Pro. So today on the show, we're welcoming my friend Maureen Monte. Maureen, thanks for joining us on Women Talking Football. Thank you, Carrie. I'm just absolutely thrilled to be here, and what an honor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so excited to have you on, and we're not necessarily going to be talking about soccer so much, but we're but sport and teams and and how to get teams to work together better to achieve, um, you know unstoppable results. So Maureen, again, thanks for, for joining us. I have my, you can't see me, but I have my Michigan shirt on right now. I'm, I'm representing Michigan because I, kn- I know <laughs> you live in, in Michigan. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to just get that thrown out there. So can you give us a little bit um, of background on yourself and, and just kind of how your career is gone and then we can kind of get into all the fun stuff. Sure. Thank you. So my value proposition to the universe is that I build winning teams. Now, what does that mean? That In sports, it's, it's a little easier to understand, but I also work in the corporate world. And, and what it means regardless is I work with teams to unite as one team so that they can overcome the significant obstacles they will face on the path to winning or achieving goals. So that's what I do. Now, how did I get here at the age of, I'm in my mid-50s, and, um, and so I've been around for a long time, but as with all of us, when you look back, you can see kind of a common theme. Mm-hmm. Although it isn't in, in, instantly evident, I have a BS and MS in mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. and I caveat that with, I was great at solving people problems. So my customers love me, but I, I really had no interest in things like engines. <laughs> Um, and I enjoyed a, a long career in helping uh, clients be successful. And then I got a master's in leadership in business ethics, and, was ex- and that was in 2006. And I was exposed to a tool called the Clifton Strength Finder. Okay. And at that point, I was instantly hooked. Like it was like Godiva chocolate with the best almonds in it. 
And mm, I, um, I like so the sound the, of that. Godiva chocolate. <laughs> that works. So yes, good. I like Anything that. Anything with chocolate and nuts, it's just like, okay, I'll yeah, have Yeah, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> if we had coffee, it'd be even better, exactly. right? Exactly. So, um, so since 2006, I've been using this magnificent tool that, that measures the internal motor of people. And one of, the, one of my favorite quotes comes from Theo Epstein, who is the, the young man, and I do mean young, who helped the Boston Red Sox win the World Series a few years back and then join the Chicago Cubs. And they, so he's basically broken two curses, right, this right. young guy. And one of my favorite quotes is he speaks about how important it is to understand the success of the team and the individual is, is, is harnessed or is, is part of the internal motor of that person. Mm-hmm. So we can measure that internal motor and in that the Clifton Strength Fighter tool helps us measure how we think to solve problems. And I cannot look at you and see what's happening inside your head, right? right? We cannot see that. Um, how we execute tasks, how we build relationships, and how we galvanize the universe to do something they might not have done otherwise. So all my journeys with teams, with individuals and teams, begin with understanding the motor, but they don't end there. What does success look like? What struggles do we need to overcome? Do we know what the responsibilities of the role are, both on the, on the court or on the field or on the ice and off? So long story short, I build winning teams by starting from a place of what, what their internal motor looks like, helping the, the organization and the coaches harness that talent. And there's always untapped talent on every single team. When, when we did your results, mm-hmm. we found something happening inside your head that we didn't even really know was something we could harness. Right, yeah. it made sense when you saw it, but we learned what we could harness from you that we may not have been able to specify previously. So, in, at the end of the day, we're looking to help teams, individuals, and teams reach their full potential, and that's what Destination Unstoppable is all about. It's a mindset. It is a common um, shared view of how good you are, how good I am, and we know what success looks like. We understand each other's strengths, and we go after them. Yeah, I mean, you you referenced your book, Destination Unstoppable, and I, you know, I want I had heard you you speak on John O'Sullivan's podcast, and I was like, okay, what is this book about? And I ordered it, and I literally read it in a day and a half. I couldn't put it down because it, it was it was so powerful about um, you know being able to tap into like, like you said the the mind of each of the players, and then once people were able to understand themselves, then the coach could give them a a specific role to kind of get the energy all going together instead of running into each other. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, can you speak a little bit about, you know, not to give away the whole, the, the whole premise of your book, but can you speak a little bit about, you know, how that experience started with that particular team? Sure, absolutely. Um, I was still in the corporate world at that time, right? I was working for IBM, and I never call it IBM in the book. I just call it the company because it really doesn't matter. All large companies have similar kinds of problems. And, and one of those problems is people get overlooked, right? And I was in a situation where I didn't feel valued for being, being valuable in the corporate world. So I was kind of wondering what, what I needed to do next to get to what I, what I do best, which is building winning teams and through this process we just described. And I got a phone call. Would I help the local Cranbrook High School hockey team, which was dysfunctional but talented? Mm-hmm. Would I help them? And I was instantly all in because I love sports. I've, right. I've studied all kinds of sports throughout my life and played sports. Uh, and to me, sports is the perfect strength-based system. We don't take a goalie 
and say, now go, you know, practice shooting goals. Right. We say to a goalie, let's practice stopping goals and find all kinds of ways to do that, right? In the corporate world, they'll, they'll try to make you something you're not because it's, it's simply they don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I met with Coach Weidenbach, and my first question inside my head was, is the coach the problem or is the team the problem or both, right? And so it turns out Coach Weidenbach said, I'm the maestro, and if the orchestra doesn't play the music, it's the maestro's fault. I love so, that. I, mean, I love. Isn't that I, a great line? I love that, and and that's yeah. one of the things that I highlighted in the book. And and as a coach myself, that spoke, that spoke to me. And that I mean, that's such mm-hmm. a great perspective. The the buck stops here, mm-hmm. right? And but at the same time, he was humble enough to say, "I don't know what else to do with this team." Right. And I didn't know it at the time, but that Coach Weinbach is coached at the professional level, mm-hmm. and so. I didn't know I was dealing with really a magnificent leader. And, um, but I told him about that at, corporate, at the corporate level, this happens all the time. We've got untapped talent on the team. These kids are rub, rubbing up against one another. There's friction. Um, what does success look like? Do we all agree? And so um, a few days later, I was in the boys' locker room, and, and I said to them, what does success look like? And I let them define it, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was winning the state championship, but then it was, well, what about the behaviors? And while – Coach Weidenbach had been preaching, you've got to believe in one another, you've got to respect one another, you've got to um, think positively. None of that worked. Uh, they didn't hear him. But as they began to say, we've got to have brotherhood and full effort, et cetera, et cetera. So we defined a success statement that they could then align behind. And, and when they left the room, that was a different team that came in the room. And right. So I already knew we were on the right track. And so then we measured their strengths. And that's where, you know, as we talk about it in the book, this team was fundamentally different than any other team I've worked with in the corporate world. And we'll talk more about it, I know, in, in our podcast here. But right. that's what I've begun to realize now that I've worked with more teams, more sports teams, is athletes are different. Yes, we are. And, <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have your own species. Yes. So, um, so we, we figured out that out of 23 or so people on the team, 18 of them had the strengths of competition, and competition is a galvanizing strength. If I create a competition, people will do things they wouldn't do otherwise, right. galvanizing. But at the same time, the question then becomes, who's the competition? The guy sitting next to you or the guy uh, the, on the other team? And right. it should be the, the other team, right? So we harnessed some untapped talent we found in terms of uh, – some thinking strengths that weren't um, valued or understood. And really, as you know, the hero of the book is the third string goalie, Nolan Rogo, who had the strength of harmony. And this team was so completely fragmented because everybody wanted to win, but they were all pulling in different directions to win. Mm-hmm. That All that competition was going in a dozen different directions, not in one direction. And so coach, this is where coaches own individualization strength comes in. And that's the strength that helps us understand what makes each person tick. And when someone understands what us and how we tick, that feels really great. And we'll follow those people to the ends of the earth. So he created lanes for each player. So this third-string goalie who never played, right, he was never going to save the day on the ice, he said to Nolan, if you see the guys, if you see conflict in the locker room, now will, will you do something about it? And he said, I will. And he said, I don't, I don't just want you to, I expect you to. Right. And he, he said that in front of the whole team. And therefore, Nolan had, even though he wasn't a starter, he became like the team captain of team chemistry. And everybody I spoke to after they won the state championship six weeks later, um, they didn't talk about the win. They talked about how great it felt as individuals to be valued and understood, to, to, be, to reach that pinnacle of success as a team that, that they knew they could achieve, they had the talent for it. 
and they talked about Nolan and the importance of having him as kind of that human glue guy. Yeah. The, the, so, yeah. Nolan was, I mean, it was amazing to see how much and how, uh, how many of the players mentioned him and, mm-hmm. and how integral he was and everything. Yes. And what a lesson for, uh, from an athlete, athlete standpoint, what, an, what a lesson for kids sitting on the bench, mm-hmm. right? That there may be things you could be doing. And a lesson for the coach, there are things you could be asking them to do right. that are not necessarily related to the 60 minutes that the game is on, right? right? Or whatever the time frame is. And he didn't give up, right? He could have quit and said, all right, well, if I'm third string goalie, I'm not, I'm not, I want to play. Right. Well, it turns out, of course, the following year, he was a starter. He played in goal. And not only did he play, he was he got the award for the, the um, coach's award for being the best teammate on the team. Mm-hmm. So to go from from his standpoint, to go from overlooked and undervalued to, you know, a year and a half later, being not only the winner of the, helping them win the state championship by his talent off the ice, but then on the ice as well. He got that chance. Right. So sometimes you have to be a little bit patient. Yeah. So we've been talking about these strengths. So, Mm. you know, for someone that is totally unfamiliar with what the Clifton Strength Finder does and what people's strengths could be, can you kind of walk us through how that works? I mean, I, I, I did the, the assessment and it was, it was addicting and it was so, it was so, you know, mind opening. And I've been telling all my friends about it. I was like, you have to do this. This is great. Like this can help you. It can help you understand yourself. It can help help you understand, you know, how you fit in at work. So take us through what, what is this strength finder and how, how does it work? Sure. And, And we should do that. That is, I'm throwing these words around like everybody knows it, right? And it is its own little language kind of like any other industry, uh, even sports industries, each, you know, they, they talk about stuff and unless you play football and I'm talking like Patriots football, there's, there's language in a, or if you're a lawyer or a doctor, they use words. You don't, you don't even really know what they're talking about. Right. But it means something to them. Right. There's a language around talent. So the, the, the strength finder is founded in studying 2 million people looking for patterns of excellence. So right from the start, we are not focused on your weaknesses. We are focused on your patterns of excellence because your best potential, the greatest potential within you comes from harnessing your strengths, not from fixing your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So the strength finder measures talent, your innate talent, and how it's, it's more than personality because it includes how you think, and we know we can't see that, how you execute tasks. This is how you get things done responsibly. How, uh, they, there are things that are looking for risk. You're, you're risk sensitive. There's all this 34 patterns of excellence that are um, kind of, discrete in nature there are relating strengths which are closest to personality so i call this human glue that's what nolan had he had that strength of harmony um and then there are strengths associated with galvanizing the athletes the male athletes in particular are high on galvanizing so when you take the strength finder it's an online assessment they've raised the price to twenty dollars 1995 just just in the past few weeks but if you think about the value proposition of being able to understand what your top strengths are and how you think, execute, relate, and influence for $20. Plus, as you know, the report that you get is custom to you. Yes. So we shared the strength of learner, right, which we like to learn. Right. That's happening inside our head, right? We're, we're collecting information. We like to master stuff. It's in our head, and it comes out in other ways, how we execute tasks, how we build relationships. But it's in our head. Your description of learner was different from my description of learner. Yes, it was. So one of the real advantages of this assessment is it's, 
discrete, not only in this, the 34 patterns of excellence, which is a lot, but your customized top five report is unique to you. Mm -hmm. So you can have a whole bunch of people with the same strength and have it read entirely differently. And I akin it to like coffee beans. If you have coffee from Sumatra, that's different than coffee from Kona, that's different from coffee from Ethiopia, mm -hmm. right? But it's all coffee. So we, we both have learner, but our strengths are different. Right. The key is, what do you do with it? So then it's like, now what? Well, once you know what your strengths are, first of all, you, you may read it and go, well, yeah, that's me. But do other people know this about you? And are you harnessing these natural abilities in your role? Can you align them with success in your role? Can you align it with success of the team? And so now we start to pay with attention to how we use these talents so that we're successful as individuals. We do it with intent. And this takes focus, right? This is like, this is like deciding you're going to strengthen your quads. You mm -hmm. have to work at it, yeah. right? And then there's the other's awareness. The real bang for the buck comes from you understanding the partners that you work with at work or in the community or in your family and them understanding you and looking for ways to provide balance. We don't want everybody to have competition. That is not necessarily a winning formula because that much nuclear energy can tear a team apart. We want a well-rounded team. We want some of the competition. We got, want some of the harmony. We want some of the futuristic thinking so we have a next play mentality and we want to work hard, right? So that's kind of a well-rounded approach to, to building partnerships and teams. Yeah. And it, it, it was so interesting to me because I, I tried to guess my strengths. Like before I took the assessment, <laughs> I, I, oh, that I, was fabulous, by I, the way. I literally, so I read through all the, you know, all of, of what they could be like the little summaries and, and, and I tried to guess my strengths and I guessed right on three of the five and then amazing, amazing, by the way, another one That's was amazing. at six. So I was pretty close. Like, I had four, I basically had four out of my top six. So to give maybe to give our listeners a little bit um, more information on kind of what these strengths are and could be and, and how it fits to how you are. Um, I'm willing to go over mine because I think yes. I think the people that know me once we talk <laughs> through this will actually find it kind of comical because it's so in my mind, it so represents who I am and, and maybe why why I could be misinterpreted or misunderstood yeah. or, or, you know, just, yeah. it was, it, it was eye opening to me just looking back at, you know, different roles that I've had in the past and, and, you know, thinking of interactions that I had with coworkers or bosses or things like that. So, sure. um, let's, let's talk about my type top five. Let's if, talk about you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you want to list them and talk about each one or, and I'll talk about it or how would you like to go about it? Um, so I'll list the top five and then maybe you can kind of give what, you know, what category those fall in and, and how those, sure. you know, whether in, you know, um, you, you spoke about, you know, how rare some of them are or, or yeah. men versus women on some of them. So mm -hmm. in doing my strengths finder, I found that I, that my top strength came out as a relator and then learner, command, achiever, and self-assurance. So Maybe kind of talk talk about those, and uh, I mean, sure. and I'm I'm guessing people are gonna laugh at, at some of those because command, right. yeah, self assure, yeah. I'm sure, achiever, yeah. I mean, my friends are like, yeah, yeah Carrie, that's pretty much you. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a what a wonder! First of all, let I do have to celebrate again that you could list out of 34 patterns, out of 34 strengths, you could list 
three out of your top five. That is amazing because that is just unheard of. I'm not very good at – I'm always guessing, and I'm always sure I'm right, and I'm, I keep losing my 401K, which I keep betting. <laughs> yeah, don't um, bet. Don't bet. Don't bet. <laughs> I got to stop betting my 401K. So relater, that's your first strength. And that, you know, and already we're into a weird language, right? People look at it and it looks like realtor almost. Right. And they're like, this says I'm a realtor. I'm saying, no, no, it's a, it's a relater strength. And that what it really means is think about relating, right? So that means that you're warm. And this is one of those relating talents that's human glue. This is how you form bonds with people you grow to know. It is not just warmth. As we talked about, there's actually kind of a moat around your heart. Right, so you've got this warm exterior. Your pictures, I've seen you online, and you've got this great smile. Very, um, you're very. I, I think you would draw people to you. And yet, at the core of you is, a, is at the core of it all is only a small, deep circle of friends. True. Right? So not everybody gets true. across that moat. <laughs> true. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, but yet you you love those those core group. You love that core group, and they are yours forever. Yep. Right. And then learner is your first thinking strength. So that's happening inside your head. And you like to learn. You like to master something. And you, I think when you heard about the strength finder, you were, you were kind of intrigued, yes. right? Oh, that's something new. Let me go learn about that. Yep. And, but it also serves as what I call a feeder strength to do other things. With that knowledge, you then go off and help um, people do what you want them to do. You can use it to coach. You can use it to to succeed in your own endeavors is how you're getting things done, but it's happening inside your head. You are, and you're probably a lifelong curious person, right? Yeah. I, I take online classes and stuff like that just for fun. <laughs> so just for fun, just right? for fun. Think, oh, I would love to learn that. <laughs> yeah. Where the rest of us can't wait to get done with school. Perhaps, <laughs> right. And you're perpetually in school. And even if it's something just that you're interested in, it doesn't have to be advancing your career per right. se. Right. Right. Then command. So this is where things get interesting with you, Gary. Okay. Um, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. So command is, um, at its best, it provides emotional clarity to, to challenging situations. So command needs challenge. It, it almost needs conflict. So you can say, all right, this is what we're going to do, and here's how we're going to do it. Right. And as I told you before, only in the general population around the world, and some 16 million people have taken the strength finder, and I can see how the strengths lay out of all in, in order for all 34 around the world. And command is the least common top five strengths globally, hmm. male or female. This is, um, as 16 million people, command is the least common strength, with less than 5% of the general population having that strength in its top five. And in their top five results. And if you think about it at its core, this ability to take charge, drive the bus. That's why I knew I didn't, we, we did not prep for this, did we? We didn't go like, oh, let's see, here's our agenda. I'm right. like, she's going to drive the bus. She's got to come in. <laughs> I'm, I'm the subject matter expert. Well, I'll go where she's going. This yeah. is going to be great. Yeah. So I had complete confidence in you. And well, you. yet because it is kind of the command, take charge, here's how we're going to do it. First of all, we expect that now we now we're into kind of the gender expectation stuff. Yeah, we, we expect that from men. We we expect that less from women. Yeah, and and that I mean I and you know we we were just talking about being maybe being misunderstood or how you come across okay. and 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 I'm just you know selfishly I'm just looking at myself and thinking I've been misunderstood in in so many situations 
because I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm a woman and I'm not afraid to say, Hey, like I, I know the way to go. Like, let's do this. And mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you said it's the least common strength of anyone and then throw in, mm-hmm. you know, the, the gender aspect, it, you know, it's, right. it's like, Oh my gosh, everything makes sense to me now. Mm-hmm. And, and now I can embrace it and I can understand you know, different th- things and hopefully, you know, other people that could be now understand why I am the way I am. Maybe they look at me in a different way or, or, or maybe it's, you know, it, it just adds, a l- it just adds meaning to maybe some of the misunderstanding that I've come across in my career. Exactly. Exactly. And you are going to be misunderstood. Anybody with commands going to be misunderstood because it's so rare. And a woman being with command is going to be misunderstood more because of the gender expectation, mm-hmm. right? Who does she think she is taking charge of right. this bus? And when, now that we know you have command, now we can say, all right, Carrie, you're in charge. You, here's what we need to do. You figure it out. Right. And off you go, right? right? So versus that kind of a battle, that ego battle that might occur between someone that says, well, I'm actually the formal leader of the team, right? right? And it's mine. To, to run. So we start putting people in positions in, in lanes where their strengths are, are understood and valued rather than the hierarchy. In going back to Nolan, third string goalie, hierarchy wise on the team, he was at the bottom. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a senior, he wasn't a starter, he wasn't a star. And so to raise his hierarchy up to make him the team captain of team chemistry, that, that honored his strengths. And he did that. And by the way, let's be clear about one thing right now there's nothing more frustrating than having your strengths violated. Yes. So when somebody shuts you down yes, for yes, having yes. confidence, in, all right, that is the worst feeling in the world. Yes. So I had not that, only are you misunderstood, you're shut down. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I had that in my notes here about talking about how a person feels and reacts when once they understand their strengths, when those strengths are violated, that that kind of, bothers them more than than anything else out there so that's right and I and I think about situations where you know I've put my hand up to say hey I'll I'll take you know the lead on a project and someone says no we'll have so-and-so do it and how that made me feel and Mm -hmm. and now it makes sense my strength was violated and and your strength was violated yeah and it yeah it, it it hurt or well I don't I don't know if hurt is the right word but it it affected what I wanted to do with my energy or felt that I could do or achieve. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So on to achiever. That's the, the on other to achiever. one. So yeah. you go from command, the least common strength on the planet. Achiever's the most common top five strengths. Okay. So of all this, all 34 strengths in the, on the, the disc assessment measures, achiever p- appears most often at about the 30% mark. So okay. a third of us have this ability to work ourselves to death, Right. Every day is the, a new day. What I did yesterday doesn't count. I have a to-do list. Let's get it done. And vacations are hard, and slowing down is hard, and relaxing is hard. And, and it is one of the most common strengths in an athlete's profile. Okay. Oh, in the athlete's profile. Okay, that. Yeah, I've got, we can talk about the athlete's profile because I've got a couple of them. Well, one for men and one for women. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. The last we'll one. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. The last one. Self-assurance. Yeah, speak, speak to me on that because I'm, I'm thinking like the command and self-assurance might go hand in hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no, not only are you in charge, you're confident about the, the direction you're going to take, right? So self-assurance is confidence 
command is I'm in charge. Okay. So, and, and self-assurance, back to you being unusual. <laughs> I'm unusual. Kind of, uh, <laughs> it's, it's inevitable. We know that now how wonderful you are. Now we know why. Yeah. <laughs> um, self-assurance is the least common top five strength amongst women. Ah, that so, doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me, which is sad. It, it doesn't surprise me, though. It is sad. Yeah. And we say to women, you have to be more confident, right? And, and they're like, oh, uh, okay. And you can be confident. You can be confident through knowledge. You can be confident that you know someone well. You can be confident that you're doing the right thing. But pure, raw confidence uh, that I know, I know I'm right about this is, is this self-assurance mm-hmm. thing. So you've got two of these galvanizing strengths. So this is the influencing talent that you have, which are red in color. So we're going to talk about red and green and et cetera, et cetera. You've got one of your executing strengths is achiever. You, you, do, you work hard every day. It's very hard to take a day off and relax. Right. Learner is your thinking strength in your top five, and that's happening inside your head. That's your strategic thinking. And then relator is your what I call human glue or connecting with other strengths, relating. So out of your top five, you have two influencing, one relating, one thinking, and one achieving, executing. Okay. Yes. And then, we, as you know, we've unlocked your 34. I don't think we should dive into the whole profile because it's a little bit complicated. Yeah. To go no, that top, far down into yeah, it. Yeah, top five are good. Top Did you want to speak at all to learning about the stuff at the bottom and how that helps you understand yeah. who you partner with? Yeah, that, I mean, because I think that can be the key in, in figuring out who you can who to best surround yourself with in making up your, yeah. your work team or your coaching staff or whatever it, it may be. So yeah, let's definitely talk about how the, the bottom five can impact things. So yeah, yeah my, my so, bottom five makes sense as well. <laughs> <laughs> so low for you. And I love this. I'm oh. low. Low for you is harmony, for example. So you're not, you know, if somebody pushes you and you're going to push back. Yeah, right? that's pretty much and... me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone with harmony, like Nolan had, would not push back per se. They might say, whoa, what do you want? And, and you hear what they want, and then they hear what the other person wants. You're like, okay, well, I see common ground here, right? So that isn't you. Um, so in your, in your lower strengths, which are, by the way, those don't go to zero. It just takes so much more energy to do what you don't do naturally, okay. right? It takes harder work. It drains you. So if you had to be at the United Nations every day, you would not feel energized. Right. Right, because there's all these people that you have to be diplomatic with, and I don't think you'd enjoy that at all, especially since you'd be in charge or want to be in charge. <laughs> yes. Well. I don't think that would be very fun. Yes. So I would say, you know, generally speaking, you add your, your strengths at the top bring are, are kind of the galvanizing and getting it done, and maybe further down are some of the relating and some of the thinking. So you might look for partnerships with people that do those things. Right. right? So someone that, so, that might be high in empathy or harmony – could be a good person right. to, to kind of work next to so that my red galvanizing can can team up with the with the green influencers right. or with the green yeah. relationship building. That's right. Okay. And so now we've got the, all the best of all the world. Right. You've got people talented in relating, you have people talented in thinking, people talented in galvanizing, and people talented in getting it done. Right. Mm-hmm. And we want all of the strengths. And by the way, there's no um, strength envy allowed. It isn't better to have galvanizing. <laughs> strength envy, I like that. <laughs> but I want, I, I want harmony. I want harmony. No, I want activator. 
Oh, yes, exactly. We, wouldn't it be fun to trade strengths for a day? That would be a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyhow, yeah, in the end, it's, it's finding people. A, a great leader will not pick people just like him or her. They'll right. pick people that are different so that um, we've got people that have the green strengths or the pulse of the organization. How's the team feel? The green strengths people are going to know that. The relating strengths people are going to know that. Know that. Having some strategic thinkers so that you don't execute yourself in the wrong direction, right? Have you ever driven 100 miles an hour and you find out an hour down the road you're in, you're headed in the wrong way? Yeah. I mean, what's the point of speed if you're not in you know navigating correctly? And that's where the thinking strengths can come in. So it's a it's a matter of understanding your strengths first and then beginning to share that value proposition with others so they understand you and then understanding and appreciating the strengths of the people around you as well. So right. That's kind of kind of bad. So you touched on you touched on the gender piece a little yeah. bit in, in mentioning that like self-assurance is the least common um, top right. five strength in women. In, in women. Mm-hmm. So what in, in all of your research with teams or companies and, and things like that, what what are the trends that you've recognized within the, the strengths within different gen- with within the genders? Yeah. So um, let, let me take one tiny step back to okay. a higher level and say there are trends at the individual strength level. So let's let's pick um, journalism. Okay. So if you think about journalism and you're a TV reporter or a newspaper reporter, do you know what's going to happen that day, especially in this world that we live in right now? No. <laughs> we really don't, right? So it turns out that the journalists have a strength called adaptability, and it's a relating strength, and it kind of can go with the flow, right? Oh, oh, we have to go. There's a fire over here. I'm going over there. Oh, gosh, um, you know, uh, uh, there was a heroic moment over here. I'm going over here next. And so they kind of adapt to the needs of the moment. So, but that's one strength out of the 34. Then the rest of them are just kind of what they are. Mm-hmm. But there are strengths that are kind of common in, in um in what I would call an industry. So engineers tend to be analytical. Okay. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. People, <laughs> it does make sense, right? I mean, and, and that's what they, that's, they enjoy all those numbers, right? And all that math. So there are some kind of, um, uh, at a high level, particular strengths that belong to an industry. But after that, it's down to the individual. Now, having said that, overall, women are far more inclined towards this green relating talent stuff, harmony, uh, adaptability, positivity, injecting enthusiasm, uh, including helping people feel included. So that's typically, you're going to find those in the top five strengths of women more than you're going to find that in men. Now, if we've got a man with empathy and includer and positivity, and he can help inject enthusiasm, and he can tell how that customer feels because he has empathy and he will not leave anybody out, that is a great value proposition. Mm-hmm. We just need to harness him right, as such, and not say, well, he's too soft for business. No, actually, the clients are going to love him. So right. let's, let's have him be in that right role. Then conversely for women, they tend to be less inclined with some of the thinking strengths, things like analytical, things like ideation. That's my number one strength. And I forever have been misunderstood for mm-hmm. having this outside-the-box mentality. So uh, it, it, there are kind of trends in, in men and women. But when we go down to the athlete level, which is where I would like to go with this, yes. because what surprised me was whether, if you're a medical doctor, Male or women, male or female, you had some of these common themes. If you're an engineer, many of the women had analytical that were engineers. So when I started working with athletes, it turned out I started working with men. It was the boys' hockey team, right? And, of course, the number one strength on the team of 23 people was um, competition. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was, while it was the most competition I'd ever seen per capita on a team, they're, they're hockey players, Right. 
So then I work with a girls' varsity basketball team. And I'm absolutely expecting to see a whole bunch of women with competition in their top five strengths. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, out of 23 people, now the hockey team, 18 out of 23 had competition. Out of 23 people, including, including coaches, only two people had competition, and only one of those was the basketball player. Two, only two? <laughs> only two people out of from 23 the, from wow. the women's team. Right. That's And I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay, so... And I'm like, all right, they're from Iowa. I know they're nice people because they're from Iowa. Maybe it's Iowa is, is, is all. And, and, and then what they do have is all this relating talent. Includer, Harmony, you know, they have all this green strength stuff. Right. And so then I worked with another hockey team, and I had a similar makeup of a lot of competition and some thinking. And then I worked with a girls' um, varsity lacrosse team in Orlando. And 24 people, only two players with competition and hmm. only two people on that team. So I'm starting now I've got, you know, a couple hundred people of data and what I'm starting to realize is men and women are different at this, at this level. Right. So in these athletic groups, what I found to be when I looked at men versus women executing talent, which is how you like achiever. And one of the other most common um, executing strengths in an athlete profile is restorative. Okay. Restorative is that I refuse to give up. When you hear people say I'm gritty, somebody's gritty, that's restorative. They will get up after falling down 18 times. They're all banged up. They will not quit. So men and women alike, that is very high for them. It's the number one strength in an athlete's profile for women, of the women that I have, is restorative. They don't give up. Um, competition is the number one strength for men. For women, competition is not even half. They don't have half as much competition per se as the per capita as, as men. Um, so executing wise and thinking wise, men and women are about the same, almost identically, mm-hmm. the percentage of strengths in their top five that are executing. So they are, they are getting it done and they are thinking. But when it comes down then to the relating, which is kind of the, the heart strengths, the human glue and the galvanizing, that's when there's this flip and it's almost identical. So 29% of women, of men have those red galvanizing strengths, competition, command, self-assurance, activator, which is foot on the gas. So 29% of all of the strengths in the men's athlete profiles that I have are red, and it's only 17% in the women. So a considerable, considerable drop, right? Women are not as high power. They are not wired like you. Right. There are far fewer women (laughs) that are wired like me. Yeah. I've I've often thought, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's true. And I expected it not to be true in the athlete profile. And then, but for men, only 20% of their strengths are green or the human glue kind of thing. And 32% are for women. So as I continued to do some research on it, I came across a, a great quote and I'll talk in a little bit more depth here in a second about those on what strengths are most frequent, but um, David Marsh, who's a famous coach, Marsh is a famous swimming coach. He did the Olympic female team mm-hmm. uh, in the last Olympics. And he said he, he, he does coach both men and women. And he, he comes around and says, I don't coach them the same way. He's learned that the most important difference fact is that most female swimmers value relationships over results. Yeah. And so that team has to be happy and harmonious, and then they'll swim like heck for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, well, in relating this back to, to soccer, um, 
you know, oh, you can coach. It's the same game, you know, r- same rules, same this. Like you can coach women and men the same way. And I've, I've I've been saying for years, no, it's not. And you know, I, having coached both men and women at the youth level and also at the college level, it's a totally different psychology day in and day out between the genders and and the strengths finder it's like okay here's something I can actually point to to say look here's some data on on how men and women differ within the realm of sport it could be different in industry but within the realm of sport you know for women specifically the relationships tend to matter a lot more a lot yeah And, and coaches have to in order to be successful in my opinion they have to understand that and be able to, to utilize that within their team. Absolutely. And so, so one question what I would ask for you, and we, we obviously didn't discuss this ahead of time because we didn't plan anything. Um, did you feel you were better suited towards one or the other? Now that you're aware of the kind of the galvanizing men having more of the competition command significance and mm-hmm. women having more of the empathy, do you find, which do you think you enjoy more or are more suited for? That's a very interesting question, Maureen, because I've had I've I've thought about that and and people have asked me that same question. And now understanding my strengths, I understand that I sometimes would prefer to coach the boys, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. So right. my my girls teams out there, if anybody's listening, sorry, but it matches up a little bit more with, with yeah. knowing this about myself and, and this about, you know, the trends within strengths. Yeah. And, and see what's hard about what the tone of your voice, you, I could hear you feeling apologetic, right? Yeah. I, and, I felt conflicted about it a little yes, bit. Yes, you did. You actually had some, um, some conflict there. Yeah. Um, and that's normal. And, and so I think what's good is to say, I love coaching. I think I'm at my best when I'm working with um, a profile that's more of the galvanizing type, the people that are more driven, the command, if they need kind of the coddling, and I, I'm very open, I'm, I'm not as um, galvanizing as you are, but I'm, I'm wired like you in terms of if I have to, to convince you to, to do this in some way, shape, or form, or kind of um, bring that emotional heart to it, I want you to win because <clears throat> I want you to be at your very best. I'm not the... We're all, we're all one world, and I'm all women, and I'm pro-women. I'm none of that, right? right. So I find that I'm better, better suited for different reasons for the male side of it. I'm not good at all. This is where I run into couple trouble in the corporate world. If I have to convince you to, to understand yourself and, and being at your best, I'm the wrong person. Right. I want that. If you don't want it, I, I don't want it right. for you, right? If you don't want it, I don't want it. Yeah. I, I want to work with somebody that wants it, right? Yeah. So I feel a little apologetic sometimes as well. And in reality, I'm just stating what, what works best for me. Mm-hmm. I'm at my best when I'm working with people that are motivated and understand and want to achieve success. Right. Period. Right. So, but from the standpoint of the strengths, you're right. The, the, there are probably going to be men more with a profile more like yours than women. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and in fact, that the, the girls varsity, varsity basketball coach that I worked with out of uh, Springville, Iowa, his name is Coach Nate Anderson, he's remarkable. He's got empathy. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got these you know human glue stuff going, and the the women love him. And he had um, his girls basketball team won the state championship with four freshmen. Oh wow! And you don't get that without bringing out the very best in a bunch of girls. Yeah. Right? 
and um, I heard him live stream. They won again this year after he did Strength. And by the way, he used Strength Finder to help them understand mistake response. Okay. So that's a really interesting value proposition that's probably for another time. But he's like, all right, how are we going to respond to mistakes, especially women mm-hmm. who are more emotional by nature, right? right? So, but I heard him say in the huddle when they were at, was obviously were going to win the state championship, I heard him say, hey, hey, as they were breaking up, he goes, hey, you um, be gracious after this or something like that. Remember, they make us better. And he's already feeling bad for that t- other team that's losing. Right. Right. And a guy, a guy basketball game, I don't think you'd hear him say, be great, a, a coach say, be gracious. They'd be like, you know, yeah. we killed it. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> Woo, we're champions. Let's rub it yeah, in their face. Exactly. Yeah. So it was very interesting. And so it's, it's, he's more suited for that kind of environment. Yeah. Right. And he shouldn't apologize. He's a guy so, uh, so, uh, more suited, well suited for that environment. So. All right. So a question, and, and I, you and I had briefly talked about this offline before. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying, where are all the women in coaching or where are all the women mm-hmm. in sport? And after doing the Strength Finder and looking at some of the data and reading your book and thinking about it, you know, are, are we trying to put women maybe in positions and, and have equality where, where their that might not be where their strengths are at. What are your, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? I think it's a great question. And um, I don't know that I have all the answers. I, I will say, I, and, and listen, I've been a, a female in engineering since the late 80s. Right. So, okay. So you're used to being the only woman in the yeah. room, generally, <laughs> just and like I'm me. Not, yeah. Right. And I'm not sensitive to it. In other words, I'm like, oh, not like, oh, poor me. But I do, as I've done more of this with sports teams, I, I do wonder, um, am I dismissed for being female mm-hmm. by some leaders? But here's the deal. If I am, I don't want to work with them. Right. Okay? So forget that. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to work with them anyhow. And right. that's my low um, harmony coming up. Right. right. I don't care. If you think I stink, I think you stink too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, but what I think would be good to evaluate is are we, are we, we under, now that we know if, if what I'm finding is true, and I believe it is, right? And you know it. You know it's true. There's a difference in what women teams need and what men's teams need in general, right? That when we get down to the individual level, it can vary, right? right? Um, but in general, are we looking for women in coaches to say, who are wired like you to say, come coach the guys? Right. And are we looking for women wired like Coach Sanderson to say, come coach the women? Mm-hmm. And if we are not doing that, we should start doing that, right? Um, it should be an environment where if you've got the right talent, come be a coach. I don't care if you're male or female, right? right? But if you've got the right talent, the, the understanding of the game, of course, is paramount. But then there's that other stuff. Great coaches help players become great players. And if you've got the gift to do that, and, it, and it's centered more towards the human side of it and the, the relating side of it, then it's probably more for women, or you're part of a team where you've got somebody wired like you, and then we need some balance. Because even on coaching staff, there needs to be balance. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think it's helping to find success as a coach. What does that look like in, in a, for a women's team, for a man's team, for a, a school that has a particular culture, for a coaching staff that has a particular culture, and saying, come on board, we welcome you. And I don't know enough about it to know if that's happening or not. But that would be my um, take and then, frankly, it's my same response to why aren't more women in STEM? 
right. only 10% of women have analytical in their top five strengths. And it's way higher for men, like triple that, okay. right? So, okay, more men are wired like that. Are we getting those women and embracing them and saying, come on in? Or are we trying to take women that are analytical and saying, go be an engineer? Right. That doesn't work. Yeah, because it's violating their strengths if it's, if it's it not. Is. Yeah, if it's not in their. Perfect. That's the perfect answer. See, Carrie, I think you could just do this without me. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. But I, th- I mean, I, I'm addicted to, to this and, and I just find it so interesting. So I've been, I've been evaluating my friends and my mind and w- you know, when I'm having <laughs> conversations, I'm like, Oh, that's the analytical in you coming out. And they look at me like, Carrie, you are nuts. And I'm like, no, you need to do your strengths because it, it, it's so <laughs> enlightening and, and we need to compare them. And, and now I know why I like you because you balance yeah. me out. I mean, Right. Yeah. I mean, if you have five people in the room with command, like you have. Yeah, we're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're in trouble because we're we're all wanting to drive the bus. (laughs) You are. Yes, you are. And that can that's by nature going to cause some issues. Yeah. So it is such a wonderful journey to know your strengths, communicate your value proposition with confidence and clarity and think about interviews. Mm -hmm. When you interview for jobs, where you speak about these natural gifts that you have that are always present, you will always want to be in charge. You will always be confident. Um, that's, a, that's different than what you know. Excel spreadsheets, engineering, brain surgery. That's good. And you, we do need the people to know those things, but then what else do they bring to the game? Right. It's a value. It's of enduring value. And these are enduring characteristics. You were like this when you were little. Yeah. So what, what teams are you working with currently? Are you working... I'm working with a boys lacrosse team that's okay. currently in the playoffs, uh, which is great. And um, I was in Florida recently at the I attended the American Hockey Coaches Association okay. meeting in Naples, Florida, and I met hundreds of coaches. And um, I'm very excited to go back next year as and have a booth. I didn't know what I was getting into, so I just went as an attendee. But I think there's some possibility of doing some work with some of those coaches as well. The nice thing about having worked with Coach Weidenbach and the Cranbrook Hockey Story and Destination Unstoppable, and by the way, there is a roadmap at the back. The story's told is the story. It's told just like it unfolded. It's in story format, and that makes it a faster and fun read, I think. But at the back of the book is a roadmap for coaches, for players, for leaders, for managers, and for just professional people that want to be better at what they do to go through this journey yourself. I want people to follow this path without having to, there's only one of me, right? Right. Um, so I really want to, to make that point so that people can, can do that if they wish to, and they can take the strength finder and know how to download their customized report. So we'll see. I'm going to go visit some of those coaches this summer. I head out to Princeton um, next week for the Way of Champions Conference with John O'Sullivan, and I'm going to talk to some of the people in the Princeton area, both at the high school and college level, I believe. And from there, I may wander up to some of the other colleges of uh, coaches that I met in Florida. Yeah, that. Can you tell us more about the symposium that you just mentioned with John O'Sullivan? What? What? Yeah. So I went last year. It's called the Way of Champions. And if you haven't heard of it, I recommend you Google it. Um, and it is with some really remarkable sports leaders. John O'Sullivan's a soccer fellow man um, who's got written a book, great book called Changing the Game. And it's about how we, how we modify youth sports to make it more about player development and be helping people become confident 
contributors to society and helping parents manage their expectations for their children, right? I mean, that's another whole That is a whole, whole nother podcast. topic, yeah. <laughs> that is a whole nother topic. Oh, boy. Um, and uh, James Lease from IMG Academy, and I know James, I went last year to this event, and he's going to be there, and um, so is a guy named Jerry, and I'm, I should have had that Lynch, handy. I don't have it right. Jerry Lynch. From- is it Lynch? Yes, Jerry Lynch. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And Reed Nulty as well. And um, so you're going to go learn some of the techniques, techniques they use with their amazing teams that they work with at all levels, right, from down to youth soccer all the way up through the, the NCAA and even, I think, uh, professional sports teams to help them bring out the best in their players. So I highly recommend it. It's in Princeton this year. I don't know where it'll be next year. But if you haven't uh, looked at it, I highly recommend it. We have champions. I've met some remarkable. That's how I met Coach Nate Sanderson out of the Iowa okay. Springville. Okay. See, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to yell. I got to talk to John. John O'Sullivan's a good friend of mine. And, and he's he schedules this always in, like the worst time for me. I want to go so bad and, and and get all the information. But one of these days, well, I I, think, I'll get to it. Let's bring out that command, your six-pack of command, <laughs> yeah. and help him understand. I'll be like, John, bad timing, friend. Bad timing. <laughs> No, oh, it, gosh, you're funny. no, it's, it's, it's great. And, and, you know, I, I, again, this is so, all of this is just so interesting to me. And, and, and I want to, you mentioned the interview piece of it. I mean, I, I could, I could visualize using this tool, not as the only interview technique, but imagine, you know, having people come to you and trying to decide on what position is right for somebody within mm within a, you know, a pro franchise or, or within, right. uh, you know, your, your own coaching staff or whether it's youth or, or college and knowing, you know, what those people's strengths are and not using that as the only determinant, but no, it can't be. It is not a selection tool. Right. right? But boy, do you get insight into that internal motor that what makes them tick? It gives you a competitive advantage. Yeah. It's like having an extra man on the field Yeah. because you can trust what you've learned about that that person. And by the way, this isn't a process where the player says, okay, coach, here's my strengths. Now, you know, what do you want me to do? Right. No, there's this dialogue, the richness of dialogue you can have about when a player goes south, what's going on, mm-hmm. right? What have his strengths have been violated? What is, what's happening with that beyond just what is going on? Now you can do it in the framework of the strength. Yeah. And so maybe that player got with, with significance felt that what happened, a big mistake, what made him feel insignificant, he's feeling a little destroyed, he or she is feeling destroyed, and, and you help them recover from that, okay? A mistake, a bad day is not a bad life. Yeah. So let's set that behind us and help them move on versus uh, now you know why they're feeling that way versus them being kind of petulant, petulant and going, that, you know, that kid's acting like a baby or that <laughs> man's acting like a baby or that woman's acting like a baby. There's maybe something more you can get at to prevent it from happening in the future. Yeah. Right? So we're, we're slowly wrapping up here. How would someone, no. I know, right? We could talk forever on this because I'm addicted to it. Um, but how can someone get, find your book? How can someone find you? Um, just tell us, tell us all that. I want to give you, sure. give you time for plugs. And, you know, if you're on Aww. Twitter or email or your website, just tell us, tell us yeah, how to find you. you. Okay. So I am on Twitter. And it's Maureen E. Monty. I'm, uh, my website is MaureenMonte.com, and that's M-A-U-R-E-E-N-M-O-N-T-E.com. And my book is called Destination Unstoppable. I, I don't sell it on my website, but I often have discount codes from my distributor. 
And so it, I update it daily when I get a discount code. So if you were to check my website, it goes, ranges from like 15% off to 30% off sometimes. And it's also available on Amazon, Amazon.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. So you can just kind of Google me and you find me out there. I've got multiple um, webcasts that have, uh, where Gallup has featured me. And one thing I appreciate about my par- partnership with Gallup is they recognize that I'm one of the few people that have spent my years growing up with StrengthFinder in teams. Mm-hmm. Most people do individual coaching with StrengthFinder with this process. I like the team process because the teams are complicated and the, the, the messes are messy and people are difficult. And how do we bring, how do we fix all that mm-hmm. with this approach? And in StrengthFinder, it doesn't solve your problems. It makes solving problems easier. So I can't say enough about it. And I've taken a lot of assessments. This one's really, really specific about who you are. And the customized report is also very, very enlightening. When you go to interview for a job or you've got a new boss, if you simply took statements out of that customized report you have, Carrie, your insight guide that's called, yeah. if you cut and pasted those that were most relevant to you and you put that in a paragraph and you said, what does this say about me? Right? Yeah, it's powerful when you when you really powerful. dig into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. But I welcome talking to anybody about their strengths, individuals, coaches, teams. It's uh it's a joyful journey, and you will be a lot happier in life if you know what your strengths are and you leverage them with intent. The maximum potential is a kind of a byproduct. It's so much more fun. It's why those boys didn't talk about hoisting the trophy when I interviewed them. They talked about how great it felt to be a team that reached its full potential and be understood and put in a role to be successful by the coach, by Coach Weidenbach. Yeah, and, and, and the – the, the most powerful thing for me was how that team applied it in their life outside of the rink. Yeah. I mean that to hear those young men speak about mm-hmm. finding their strengths and being able to apply them for internships and yeah. their education. And it, I mean, right. that, that was, was the most powerful piece. I mean, the, the, obviously being a sport person, I'm, I'm, I'm very behind how it can help you be successful as, as a team of course in the athletic realm but you know the right. life realm is going to last a lot the longer life <laughs> than the athletic yeah. realm and and it was just it was amazing and and, and hearing the, the impacts and how they were so thoughtful about thinking about their own strengths and how how they right. can can learn to leverage them was one of the most powerful pieces in the book you're you're absolutely correct and frankly my greatest joy i'm not a competitive person like competition is low for me and so um, my joy is seeing the value of each of those kids and understanding what makes them tick and then having them come back to me a couple of years later, will you write me a recommendation? Hey, mm-hmm. um, I'm about to do my interview. And I can't find my customized report. Can you send it to me? Right. And I'm just thrilled to, to remain in touch with these, these young men and women who then use this as part of their life going forward. It's, it's, and it is, it's, this is life stuff. It isn't sports stuff. Yeah. Well, Maureen, thank you so much for calling in and for sharing your knowledge and educating our listeners about the Strengths Finder. And I'm just, I'm excited to have you as a new friend. And <laughs> I, I will be checking in on, and I'll do my Strengths Finder homework that you've assigned me. So, yes, um, really, well, I knew you'd be a good student. Oh well, thank you, thank you. It's it's in my achiever. It's in my achiever. Um, <laughs> Or my learner. No, it's in my learner. Yes, in my learner. And I think in your achiever. Then you can cross that off okay. and you can move on. Yeah, I can, right? I can cross it off. I think you're right. <laughs> you're right with both of those. Well, thank it, you, Carrie. I can't say thank you enough. To, to, 
to work with someone of your caliber who got it immediately. It was so exciting for me to have you reach out to me and have our wonderful conversation about your own strengths. This is, this is my joy right here, right? This is it. So thank you for that opportunity. Well, awesome. And enjoy your time at the way of champions conference. So, uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Women Talking Football. We've been on with Maureen Monte, and her book is called Destination Unstoppable. Um, thanks so much for listening, everyone. This is Women Talking Football, presented by Soccer Nation, and in affiliation with Soccer Loco, Techne Football, and Kings Pro. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. <laughs>